This is the Day Zero Update for May 12th, 2019. I'm Philippe Alpha. I'm Patrick Mifflin. I'm Brandon Parkins. I'm Chris Ologi. And I'm Dan Rev Victoria. Can you believe it's only like a month away from E3 now? Yeah, uh, I'm excited. time flies, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it uh, it feels like yesterday that we were, like, freezing uh, during the winter, like, hoping E3 was going to get here, and now we're in the middle of allergies, and it's almost here. Uh, yeah, it was freezing here last week. Yeah, but you're in Ohio. Yeah, but you live in Ohio. Yeah. Um, I'm still like... freezing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, we haven't had snow on the ground for quite a while, and I'm in Canada, so that's unusual, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. Yeah, uh, a month away. Uh, the announcements lately have been more about look, who's doing what when. Uh, and who's not going. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so we had some uh, interesting news this week that we'll talk about, including a certain trailer that has the internet up in arms, as usual. Uh, so yeah, but we get to that. Before we do, though, I should probably talk a little bit about one of the games that's coming out this week. Uh, big release for a few of us. Uh, Rage 2's coming out, finally. May 14th, so Tuesday, uh, you'll be able to mm-hmm. get your ridiculously over-the-top first-person shooters. Um, kind of looking forward to this one, to be honest. Uh, I like the fact that they just uh, kind of, well, scrapped what what they did with the first one and just kind of went over the top with it. And just yeah, it, It's a game that doesn't look like it takes itself too seriously. I mean, hell, it's got Mike Kitsuro as a uh, unlockable an- announcer. <laughs> so, uh-huh. I, I didn't know I needed that, but I need that. Um, I, I think he should be casual. in all first-person shooters, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I have a very yes. casual interest in this one, and I didn't even know it was coming out so soon. So, cool. Yeah, yeah. so two days, and you're able to get that. I have uh, Castlevania Collections out this week. Yeah, that too. Um, uh, what else? Guilty Gear? Is that on PS4? Yeah, another one. <laughs> yeah, the original. Oh, the original. Oh, wow. I didn't even know they were porting that. <laughs> that is... Random as fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, let's see. A Plague Tale Innocence. Yeah. I'm getting yeah. a lot of emails looks about pretty that neat. one. They're really uh, yeah. hyping that. Yeah. And there's Undead Horde, which is a new game from 10 Tons. Yeah. Uh, which is more of a, an action RPG mm-hmm. a game where you're a necromancer. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. which we should probably be able to get. I think we have. Uh, yeah. I should be getting a code for that yeah. next couple days. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh yeah so that's the the releases for the week it's uh you know it's a little quiet um June is going to be pretty good with uh, Samurai Showdown and a bunch of other games coming out but oh yes for now we have a few uh, good ones I didn't pre-order Samurai Showdown because of my experiences with DOA and uh MK11 That's uh, yeah, but this is SNK I think they're a pretty safe bet at this point I yeah they are up until they aren't so at this point, I'm just hesitant to pre-order anything. So uh, I'll, I'll wait until uh, the game comes out. It's you know I'm going to be getting digitally anyway, so it's not like it's going to get sold out or anything. So, uh, but yeah, looking forward to that. And uh, in the meantime, we've been playing some stuff this week. Um, like I said, Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, even though I'm still hesitant about that game, I still love it. It's I have a love-hate relationship with it. And uh, that's going to make reviewing it very interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, if you read my DOA uh, review, you'll 
probably understand some of what, what I'm thinking oh, yeah. of. Um, mm-hmm. DOA was a game that kind of really needs to just grow up. And, yeah. But MK11 doesn't have that problem. It just needs to not be shitty to people. Yeah. So, yeah. So apart from that, I've been doing that and uh, still working on our Doom project. Uh, I kind of took a little bit of a hiatus because my friend got a little bit busy with work, so it was kind of backburnered for a bit. But uh, we're back in it, and uh, that's progressing quite nicely. Um, so that's kind of been it for me. So how about you, Pat? Oh... I've been all over the place this week. Um, obviously, I've been playing my usual Stormblood, and um, I'm sort of taking my Materia extortion to next-level shit at this point. <laughs> but uh, the gill keeps rolling in, so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep watching the market boards and, um, you know, using it to finance, um, finance my gear. <laughs> yeah. Because that's been helping a lot, and... Other than that, I'm just trying to get a get my third character up to level fifty as quickly as possible, so I can um, so I can get in on the car for that one as well. Hmm. So then I'll be three for three on getting um, getting the regalia for my characters. Hmm. So that'll be nice. Um, other than that, PlayStation VR still completely owns me. I've got I've been playing a lot of Polybius, a lot of Wipeout Omega Collection. Uh, I've got Jupiter and Mars on tap. Uh, I'm I'm just loving the entire experience of VR so far. Yeah. Um, I definitely had to wait until uh, it got down to where I could score a headset for the ballpark hundred seventy dollars that I ended up paying. But uh, now that I'm in, I'm I'm definitely sold on it. Yeah. And then, uh, and then there's Metropolis Street Racer. Um, it's easy to forget just how giant and gaping the Project Gotham Racing sized hole in the game industry is right now. Mm. But then I just spent all last night playing MSR, and my God, we need the series back. <laughs> we really do. Yeah. I, I oh yeah, I spent the spent it just of the hurts. day yesterday just setting up your emulation stuff. Again. Yep, <laughs> and. Once I got it all set up, I pretty much just zeroed in on MSR, despite having a pretty good wealth of things to play here. Mm. Uh, yeah, we need um, we need that series back. I, I wouldn't even mind if they just did a stopgap for the time being, like maybe repackaging MSR as as Project Gotham Racing Zero, um, online enabling it and slapping it up as part of a summer of arcade or something. Mm. We just need to get some signs of life from this series because it deserves to continue. Yeah. It's it's definitely a gameplay style that's not being served. It's uh, true. You know, it, for the horizon, I, I kind of get the sense it wants to go in that direction, and then it's being pulled in all these other ones. So it's, it's just, it doesn't really work. Yeah. Especially Horizon 4, which... If you're actually playing, the races and stuff is great, and then there's all this other crap that they piled on top of. So, uh-huh. yeah, we just need a really pure experience like PGR. PGR 4, I think, is still as close to perfection as you get right now. Yeah, so. and even then, I mean, um, it's not backward compatible on the Xbox One. So Yeah, which is telling um, <sighs> in and of itself. Yeah, but hopefully we can get some movement going there because especially with E3 around the corner, um, we need, um, 
we need to go back to diversifying the racing genre, and it's really been slacking on that front. Yeah, I, I should point out that uh, like uh, next week, well, this week actually, uh, the seventeenth uh, is the Minecraft tenth anniversary. Uh, so I'm presuming that Microsoft isn't even going to spend a lot of time on Minecraft at all at E3, since they're going to pretty much going to be doing all of the Minecraft related stuff there. We can only hope. Uh, yeah, and Phil Spencer is kind of, kind of, uh, you know, in tone that yeah, we're coming to play this year. So, yeah, I mean, they feel like they've got to um, bring enough E3 for all of the console manufacturers because Nintendo's just doing their direct, and we don't have much idea of what Sony's got planned, if anything. Yeah. So, um, Microsoft is definitely going to be coming out here waving the console banner, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they bring. Yep. Yeah, speaking of that Minecraft anniversary thing, uh, the the game is on sale on all the consoles. Yeah, I know. For the first time ever. Yeah. I guess 10 bucks on PS4 uh, and Switch and Xbox One are 20 Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, That's it's, not a rabbit hole I want to go anywhere near. Yeah, it's cheaper on PS4 because it's actually the worst version. Yeah, though you also get PS4, PS3, and Vita with that. Yeah, but you don't uh, get the... But you don't get the marketplace. Yeah. But also, you should probably have it on every platform. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what Microsoft would like, is yeah. for you to buy it on everything. I think all the DLC is on sale, too. Mm-hmm. If you need all the skin packs. Yeah. And if you like your blocky character to look, well, like Indiana Jones or whatever the hell you want it to look like, you can. Um, so how about you, Brandon? Well, uh, primarily still playing Mortal Kombat 11. Um, like I mentioned, uh, Friday, I finished Tales of Asperia, and, um, you know, I loved that game, but the ending does kind of fall kind of flat. Not because it doesn't, you know, wipe, you know, it doesn't tie up any loose ends or anything. It absolutely does. It's just that after all of that, it just kind of like ends. <laughs> um, because the the big thing about the, this game is that basically it's a, a very long way to go to like a green Aesop that mm-hmm. is basically about climate change, even though they don't call it climate change and it doesn't exactly work like climate change, but it's pretty obvious what they're trying to get across. Um, and basically they're having to give up their primary energy source, which is Blastia. You know, they have to get up the Blastia technology in order for their civilization to keep going before it's devoured by the Autophagos. Hmm. So, uh, you know, I would have liked if during the, you know, in the ending we could have seen some of the stuff they did, you know, to get around that, you know, developing new technologies and stuff. But instead what ends up happening is we get some hints of that in the credit sequence where they show little sketches and stuff of, like, post-game events. Hmm. So, you know, it just kind of went, it just kind of ended. So, but now that uh, I don't have Asperia to play, my uh, I have a big JRPG size hole <laughs> in my life. So, two things. I'm now absolutely pining for Fire Emblem Free Houses, and that game cannot get here fast enough now. Um, July, by the way, for anyone who's curious. Yeah. Uh, so... So after we're done here, I'm probably going to go over to GameStop and get Dragon Quest XI. So, um, yeah. But other than that, uh, yeah, I'm still playing Mortal Kombat XI. Um, and 
I've got. I'm starting to get the sense that these that the people at NetherRealm Studios really hate Mulvado. <laughs> um, like I don't know if anybody knows, but Aaron Black's introduction animation—that's Mulvado's head he has there. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mulvado. For those who don't know, he was a character from. Uh, I think it was Deadly Alliance. Yeah. Yep. I think that was like, and he was a black dragon operative who was just kind of an asshole mm-hmm. and i guess just overall he was a lame character and the people at nether realm hate him so um and uh yeah that's pretty much it for me so uh, uh chris what about you uh yeah so i've been playing more rocket league uh finished up all the challenges for this week on the rocket pass uh ended up when i tried out the uh, duel, the one-on-one matches, I ended up doing really well. I don't know if that's because I'm actually good or if it's still trying to figure out how good I am, matching me up against people that aren't that good at it. Because uh, I was wiping out people. Like, 7 nothing. I got 10 nothing on somebody. Uh, and I think that's probably because I've play, I played 3v3 uh, the entire time, pretty much. And with that, you kind of learn a lot of spacing and how to like hang back and watch the other team's actions has helped me in one-on-one uh, so far. Um, but yeah, the, the season's ending, I think, either today or tomorrow uh, for this particular season, and so it should be starting back up pretty soon after that. And I got my gold rank uh, locked in, so that's good. Um, uh, as for been doing some more stuff for streaming... Uh, sort of last week on Sunday, I played Sea of Thieves. Check out what the new stuff was, and they're they call like the the new story stuff, uh, Tall Tales, and sort of these individual quests uh, that you can get that are kind of all about exploration, uh, kind of reading the clues you get. So like a, the one mission I had uh, it was telling me like, okay, your four is pointing at this island, your aft is pointing at this island. Uh, and the thing you're looking for is probably somewhere around in that area, uh, in the area between them. And so I was like, okay, I had to sort of figure out, okay, what fore and aft were on ships, uh, and sort of mark down some areas that were possible. And, uh, you know, find the, the chest I was looking for, which had uh, a sort of like scarab key for some area, and then uh, also some notes uh, for, to add to the, the sort of, uh, book they had for this whole thing, this little journal of clues. They gave me like the next was like an itinerary. It was like telling me like what the ship was doing before it disappeared. And sort of following that it's like, okay, it went this way, around this island, then over here. And so like where it ended up is probably somewhere around here, but I need to find what to do with like scarab key sort of thing. Uh, and then uh, somebody decided to chase me down and harass me for Five or ten minutes, uh, just killing me over and over again, taking my ship, all that sort of fun stuff. Oh, so it's uh, no change whatsoever then. No, uh, and so <laughs> I was looking like, okay, is there a way I can just kind of redo this, like re, like set my ship somewhere else? Like, oh, hey, if are there pirates, you know, giving you trouble, scuttle your ship. And I was like, okay, uh, I'll do that. It disappeared. I was still where I was at, and the guys just left. Uh, and all I had left was a rowboat, no map, uh, no nothing. So I couldn't, I didn't know where I was going to go. Uh, and then once I, I eventually got back to uh, 
a port where I could get the my ship back, and the scarab key was gone. So I had to start the whole quest over again. <laughs> At that point, I was like, all right, I'm done with this. Again? This is a nice check-in, uh, see that the game hasn't really changed as much as I would like. Uh, and yeah, so there's some cool stuff there, uh, but it's only for people with crews, I guess. Because hmm. uh, if you're trying to just solo and check out this cool stuff, uh, and you are... Uh, not especially lucky to have nobody on or being around where you're at. Uh, you probably won't be able to do them very well, uh, which is a shame. And it's like next time I'm going to go back, I'm just going to pull a guide mm. and just take all the fun out of it because I want to just get get it done. And I have to sit here and worry about people uh, coming around just messing up this fun time I was having. Mm. Uh, yeah, that was unfortunate. Uh, I checked out the arena mode, which is kind of a just pure multiplayer sections off like a part of the map for uh, your uh, adventures and you kind of face off against I think four other teams uh, which I ended up uh, just in that stream just running into other people and trying to sink them uh, which doesn't get you much in the way of points so I finished dead last mm. um, but yeah that that's pretty neat as a multiplayer thing uh, for that game but uh, the setup time is quite long mm. I was probably sitting in the, the lobby for like five minutes, uh, waiting for it to find other people. So, yeah, not really a ton of people uh, trying to play that, at least as far as I could see. But, yeah, it, it's still Sea of Thieves. Hmm. Uh, I would definitely like yeah. if they had it uh, like a solo-only uh, server option yeah. so you could play with other people that you kind of on even terms. So they've decided to mess with you, you have recourse. Hmm. Not just... Oh, you try and fight back against you know one of the guys that's coming after you, but the other guy uh, is able to just go around you and just kill you. Uh, when you're you know getting ganged up on, it's pretty easy to lose pretty quickly, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not really that fun. So yeah, um, I ended up doing a little bit of a switch up and doing our Xbox stream on yesterday, last night, uh, and played for the King. Uh, which is one of the games that's on Game Pass right now. It's on PS4 and PC as well. I think it's on sale for 20 bucks hmm. uh, for the launch. And it is a really neat uh, kind of uh, adaptation of D&D as a, a turn-based RPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're kind of controlling a party. You can also do like local or online co-ops. You can have people play their own characters. Uh, I don't think the character creator is anything in-depth like uh, D&D is. I think there's four classes. Uh, and you just you have just a uh, different like outfit uh, and character options, but nothing really in depth like you might expect from D and D. But uh, the rest of the action is actually pretty well done. Um, so yeah, uh, each turn you get uh, you do rolls to see how many move spots you can move on the map. It's kind of hex based map, uh, and you kind of decide to move them along. Uh, if you get into fights and you don't have your other uh, party members within a, a hex of you, uh, they do not join the fight. So you kind of also have to be careful when you're going to initiate fights uh, to try and keep people together hmm. and not try and take on... So like at the beginning of the stream, the first fight I took on was this uh, like event that popped up with this volcano, uh, which I didn't figure out at the time. My characters were all level 0, these ones were level 2. Uh, which meant uh, they were kicking my ass and I had to flee or else I was potentially going to have the that campaign end right there. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of permadeath. Um, 
Yeah, the characters don't necessarily permadie, uh, but you can sort of, uh, uh, if you get out of the fight uh, with at least somebody alive, the others kind of can be revived at towns. So you get a little bit of leeway there, which was good for me because I managed to get out of that fight just in time. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you go over to like towns, you get you can get a quest there. There's an overarching like storyline quest, but you can pick up side quests out of uh, the different towns. I think it's usually like one at a time. Uh, So you end up uh, can be able to take stuff for like XP, uh, gold, or like specific items. There'll be different things. You go in dungeons, they're uh, pretty tough, uh, especially because they're just consecutive fights you can't quit out and uh, until you're done with them or you all die, one or the other. Uh, I managed to get through uh, a couple of them during the stream, and they put a lot of jerks in there. Uh, enemies that cast poison on you, which if you don't have you know specific antidotes, uh, you just have poison for a long time. <laughs> I don't think it times out. Uh, uh, there's, uh, there's a bunch of different inflictions. There's curses. Uh, I think one of my characters had a curse of clumsy, uh, some stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, like during fights, you it essentially rolls based on four of your attributes. Uh, and if all, and that's like, this determines how strong your attack is. So if you get all four, right, uh, it's, you know, it's a full attack based on the damage, what you think you're going to get, uh, if you have certain items uh, you fail off for, it breaks them. Mm. So you definitely want to make sure you have backup weapons. Uh, I had like a pickaxe for one of my guys that uh, ended up breaking after a few fights, uh, which kind of sucked, but it also wasn't uh, especially great uh, weapon because it was uh, finicky as far as getting good damage out of it. Because mm. uh, I think if you fail one of the four, it kind of halves the damage. So it's kind of a all-or-nothing kind of attack thing. Um, but I ended up doing a good quest uh, to get a really nice bow for that character, so now he's kicking ass. <laughs> uh, big time. But yeah, there's like there's a lot of like secret hidden stuff you find around the map as you explore. Uh, I think at the point where I'm at, uh, the I'm at a point where I'm going after keys, uh, key fragments. And so it's like, oh, one is over here, one is over there, and the other one is mysterious because we don't, we know where it's at, but that place we don't know where it's at. Mm. Uh, luckily, I stumbled upon it like three hexes outside the town where I was telling me all this. Uh, on the way out, uh, I found it and was like, oh, okay, well, that was easy. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's it's a really well done game. There's like a bunch of different campaigns you can get. Uh, I think it's like five or six. It's in the game right now for solo play. Uh, but you can play all of them in co-op if you want. Uh, so you can have friends uh, sort of role-play their characters and maybe go off and do their own thing if they want, or you guys stick together and be smart about it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a pretty cool game. Uh, people that are kind of interested in that kind of thing should definitely check it out. Yeah, I was watching it's on the I, stream last night so for a bit. And I was like, hmm, this actually looks kind of fun. Yeah, I was... Not 100% sure what it was or how good it would be, but it actually turned out to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Especially when I got to some points where like, one of my characters had like 6 HP left, and it's like, oh god, I need, I need uh, somebody else to take damage, because this character is the one getting picked on by these enemies over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, I managed to get out just in time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's on Game Pass right now, uh, but it's also on sale for 
the, the launch week or two for the other platforms. Um, definitely check that out. Uh, I've been playing more Shakedown Hawaii. Uh, just doing uh, more stuff there. I was kind of mostly focusing on the Shakedowns. Where you kind of just go into these different uh, stores uh, and sort of shake them down for protection money. Uh, some of it's just straightforward, like, oh, you you know, knock around some of their shelves and destroy them, and they give up uh, and you know pay you. Uh, others will be like, well, we got our own protection. You go out, and there's a bunch of gang members that just start swarming over you. You have to take them out, uh, that sort of stuff. Uh, there's a couple times I had to go intercept delivery trucks that are bringing stuff to them. And sort of show them that they need to, you know, pay up or else they're not getting their stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple uh, shops I went to that were kind of selling like go karts. It's like just get in the go kart, just drive it around to store shit. It's like <laughs> all right, let's do this. Uh, and yeah, they're they're all pretty fun uh, things to do. Uh, a couple of barber shops I went to as well, where you had to attack people with scissors and cut the cut up their hair. So <laughs> when you attack them with uh, scissors, it you're just like cutting up their hair. Uh, I think if you do it once you've cut them all bald, uh, you kill them. But uh, up to that point, you're just maiming their hair, uh, which is pretty good. And yeah, that game that game's just fun. Uh, it's a bit repetitive, because uh, there's like 80 of those shakedowns to do. I think I've done 60 of them now. Yeah. Uh, but once you do those, you open them up for potential purchase. And there's been times where uh, I've reached a point where it's like, hey, we're going to give you more shops to buy, because you're going to essentially buy uh, every shop in town. Hmm. Uh, every shop, every building, and all that. Uh, sometimes it just puts like 80 of them. Like, here are all these buildings in this area. It's like, oh my god, there's so many icons. It's going to take a while just navigating all this. Because I think once you start buying uh, buildings, uh, especially like houses in uh, a market, the prices start going up uh, for the others. So I, I think I've incorrectly been buying the cheaper ones first when I should be buying the more expensive ones first. Because hmm. uh, then the rest will uh, go up, but uh, comparatively, it'll be a lot cheaper than the others. Yeah. But yeah, you get your daily uh, invoice of money, uh, influx of money, uh, both to your company for spending on businesses as well as your wallet, uh, which then you get a point where you can just change your uh, income that way uh, as high or as low as you want it to be. Uh, but they they caution that you know you put it too high and you're going to bankrupt your company. Mm. Uh, so you got to be careful, which I don't have it that much, but uh, yeah, you use that the personal money for uh, buying weapons, but also like upgrading your character. Cause you go, so your character is old, so he's got like bad knees and stuff like that. So you go to uh, the veterinary clinic uh, to get upgrades because you don't like your regular doctor. And I guess the vet knows how to, I don't know, supersize humans or whatever. I don't know how that works, but uh, so yeah, you can get like a double jump. Uh, I think one of the ones I bought just gives you, uh, lets you lower the the acquisition cost for buildings by 20%. I would, like, you know, take more damage uh, and these other, like, little perks that are nice. But uh, finding it was a hell of a chore because uh, they don't have icons on the map for the different types of shops around the town. You know, like GTA would. Yeah. I tell you, like, oh, you yeah. need to go get food. You know, here's... Here's like a fast food restaurant or whatever. You go get guns. Here's the gun shop. Doesn't do that. Uh, but they're going to be putting that in the first update. Uh, but yeah, it, trying to find this veterinary clinic when there's 400 buildings, you potentially it could be on the island. Uh, it's really hard to find the one that you saw during a mission 
And I was like, well, I don't have $20,000 on me. Uh, I'll come back later. And so I had to like look it up. And I had to look it up, and the only thing I found was a YouTube video. And so like I had to go through all this, like scrub through it just to find the specific map image I needed. Hmm. Uh, it was annoying, but uh, once I found it, I actually memorized where it's at, so it's not too bad. But yeah, the, the first update is going to be pretty good once they do get it get that stuff in there and so you can like turn on on and off the icons so if you don't want to see certain types of shops because there's a shit ton of them in the game Hmm. uh but yeah that game's a lot of fun it's a a little bit tedious but uh so far i've been managing to get through it just fine uh definitely recommend it if you're into kind of old school style uh gta kind of games Hmm. uh especially one that's very much a a spoof of shitty business men (laughs) Uh, which is pretty good. I forget what they were. I was doing uh, recently. I was doing uh, oh, yeah, trying to get uh, monk fruit. Uh, it's like super sweet fruit that you're gonna use to replace like the sugar in your Coca Cola, hmm. like Coca Cola derivative. Uh, instead of doing the uh, whatever the the diet version of sugar they have in those drinks now. Uh, I forget what it's called. Yeah, it's usually aspartame. Or yeah. Yeah, something like that. And there's like, well, how about we get this monk fruit? And so you call this dude uh, who essentially will assault uh, like the the South American farmers or the, 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 the gangsters they have patrolling the farms. So you have to take all those guys down and go steal their uh, like deed so you get it back. Uh, and you get money from that. Uh, oh, yeah, I bought a Ticketmaster essentially, uh, which gave me a new multiplier for the convenience fee. <laughs> so that's all of my stores for an extra multiplier uh, for the money I bring in for that stuff. So, yeah, uh, it's creating a hellscape in Hawaii of convenience fees for everything, hmm. uh, which is a nightmare idea. But, yeah, that game's been pretty fun. And uh, I've been... Uh, I finally got my Switch uh, 400 gig card. Uh, I put that in. Uh, got my... Got what I could transfer over it. I didn't have the 128 gigs to uh, transfer the whole thing over to my PC, then put it on the new card. So I've been going through the wonderful adventures of the shitty download management that the Switch has, <laughs> uh, which is basically has no management. Uh, everything downloads, and if you don't uh, want the big things to download or you want to switch over to like the smaller stuff that'll finish faster, too bad. <laughs> You'd have to like cancel all the, all the downloads and then restart them all. Uh, which I tried to queue up a bunch of stuff last night to download while I was sleeping, and it downloaded six things because uh, it had like DNS error or whatever. So luckily, that put it in a state where I just have to acknowledge that the DNS error happened. And I could restart the download there, so I have uh, everything ready to download. I just have to queue up the specific things I want to download. Hmm. But it's like you don't know how big anything is. Uh, like there's no real management. You can't see like how big each game is. You have to go to the specific data management section of those uh, settings. Uh, and even then, like perspective downloads, you don't know. Uh, and there's only not even a way to like consolidate the data. So games can have stuff spread on both the the micro SD card and the internal storage. Yeah. I assume it's like the update data is on one, not the other. But it's like I wish you could just consolidate them all to one thing or the other. She can't move them between the two storage things. It's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> uh, God damn. It's 
with how even easy it is to do that stuff on PS4 and Xbox One, uh, it's amazing that for a system that almost entirely relies on you having an external storage solution, because the internal is not that big, uh, it's real bad. Yeah. And they've they've made some changes lately. They added the ability to transfer saves between switches. So if you, say, made your save for like Breath of the Wild on a friend's Switch, uh, you can finally get that back. Yeah. Uh, I, I can also sort stuff in the library, uh, the whole view of all your games you have installed. You can sort of by name, I think time played, last played, and like maybe one other thing. But still no folders. No way for me to actually just sort things how I want. Hmm. But, uh, yeah... Uh, I'm in the middle of downloading my bigger stuff. So like uh, Super Mario Kart, uh, Starlink, uh, Mario vs. Rabbids, that sort of stuff. Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Well, the stuff I didn't really have much space for on the, the previous card. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's... Uh, so that means I put my Switch microSD card on my phone. I was able to actually like, download things. I have it be on the verge of running out all the time. Hmm. Uh, which is nice. Um, but yeah, that's been pretty much it. How about you, Dan Reb? Yeah, um, I've been playing a whole lot of ports, and I've been playing Days Gone. And I've been playing the ports more than I've been playing Days Gone, so that goes to show how invested I am with Days Gone. Um, <laughs> so uh, the first of which is uh, Ding Dong XL. This is actually a mobile port. And um, I don't know if you guys have heard of the game, but it's it's, it's a dollar on Switch, and all you got to do is uh, press the A button to get this dot from one side of the screen to the other, and do it again as many times as possible, and build your score up from there. Um, the graphics are pretty much Geometry Wars-ish, so there's a whole lot of shapes there and colors, and things you think are items are things that'll actually kill you, and things uh, you don't think are items uh, can be items and give you a multiple or uh, a multiplier that you don't even realize. So it's a lot of fun in that game. Um, I think it was pretty popular in the IGN offices, and as it turned out, you can unlock the IGN logo as, as a character to use. or they, they call it characters, but again, these are just circles, so it doesn't really matter. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole lot of fun. Um, I had an hour flight uh, back from L.A. a couple days ago, and I played that the entire time. <laughs> um, I'm also playing Duck Game. It's a port of, uh, of a PC game came out a few years ago, uh, published by uh, the... Um, Adult Twam. Adult Swim folks, and uh, yeah, the, the game's a whole lot of fun too, um, but I haven't had a chance to really enjoy the multiplayer as of yet. Um, there's like 30 tutorial uh, levels that you can play in single player, and they all were pretty fun, and they pretty much just show you how to play the game. Duck Game is essentially like, a, for lack of a better term, it's like you're just, just a 2D Smash Brothers, and it's a whole lot of fun. Um, the other port I've been playing is um, the Ace Attorney Trilogy. I finished um, the first Phoenix Wright uh, about a week ago, and I'm well into Justice for All now. And yeah, like, um, when I was in college, the only games I really had time to play through um, right away were the, uh, these, these games and Uncharted. And I'm just realizing, wow, the, these, um, the Phoenix Wright games are, you know, they're, they're simple, but they're really long. And, like, I thought by now I, I would have finished all three, but that hasn't been the case yet. But I'm definitely still enjoying um, what I've played through here. Um, and it's also another realization that, um, for those of you who have gotten into the series, 
Um, it first came here on the DS, but they were actually all Game Boy Advance games. So the fifth mission in the first um, Ace Attorney game was actually made specifically for the DS. So you have th- that fifth mission, and the gameplay was completely different from the rest of the game. And now that I've already finished that part, um, Phoenix Wright 2 and 3 doesn't have the those game mechanics where you have to like you know put things on the screen and blow them away. Uh, of course, it's a whole lot different on the PS4, but you know, uh, just goes to show that you know there's there, there's there's some evolutions here when you want to really emphasize the features of a certain system. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, I'm I'm hoping that the rest of the um, games in the handheld series eventually make their way to HD too because it's 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 simple, it's fun, and uh, still enjoying it. And then lastly, um, as I mentioned before, I'm playing Days Gone. I'm about five hours into it, and it's. I'm not saying I don't like it, but I don't. I don't really like it either. Um, main reason being, I don't feel like um, the Golden Path really sets me up for anything interesting. Um, it's an open world game, so you know you have all these other things to do on top of what you're supposed to do. And it really tries to meld all the unimportant things into the story so that everything you do is supposed to matter. But I play these games for the story, not necessarily to fuck shit up. Mm. And um, that's where, you know, the, um, the, the the tired gameplay, for lack of a better term, is coming from. Um, but, you know, I, I got this game because I've, I have a friend at Sony who uh, got me the game for 15 bucks. So I figure I can't really lose there. but. Yeah. So far, it's it's not good, it's not bad, it's mediocre, um, which, you know, Sony can't have a hit every single time, but it is a bit dis- disappointing. Yeah, it's so, yeah, one of those, it's just kind of fine. Yeah. Now, Italy seems to be selling well, so the security of Ben Studio seems to be insured. Hmm. So people don't have to worry about them, you know, having to shut down. Yeah, unlike, uh, you know... Most of the other studios, like, like you know, Drive Clubs, <laughs> Evolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so we'll get to the new stories of the week. Uh, before we do, just one uh, quick correction. Tim Kidstrow, not Mike Kidstrow. I don't know what I was thinking of there, but okay. Don't email me. Just <laughs> <laughs> just making sure just making sure we get that out there. Uh, so uh, finally, uh, we got some word about uh, Tekken Cross Street Fighter, and it might not happen. And... Yeah, Let's supposedly be honest, it's still I, in honest. development, but um, at the same time, it sounds like uh, Katsuhiro Harada feels like it would be uh, competing with both Street Fighter Five and Tekken Seven, which are both in a pretty good place right now. And so, um, I don't know. It feels a little bit like that old Nintendo mentality where they felt like all their games were competing against each other. Hmm. But yeah. you know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. There's that one guy in the the back corner who's working on it. It's like, I think we would make it work. They can make it work. And Rada goes over and says, no, I think we have to give up. Mm. Yeah, it's it's kind of unfortunate because I like the idea, but then I also played as Akuma in Tekken 7, and yeah. Um, so if we end up with a game that's like basically that, it's I don't see that as working. Yeah, uh, they they tried to uh, you know tone Akuma down a little bit, but you can't get away from the fact that he's one of the few characters in the game that has reliable projectile attacks, and yeah. it's just yeah. it doesn't work in Tekken. 
Yeah, I was actually hoping That's to usually see... safe for boss characters. <laughs> yeah. I was actually hoping to see uh, the Street Fighter characters completely reinvented as Tekken characters the same way uh, the Tekken cast was for Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Yeah. Because that was interesting as fuck. Yeah. Uh, everything that Ono did with the Tekken cast, and I wanted to kind of see the inverse of that to see what... Um, what could be done if you were to expand the Street Fighter characters move list to work better in that 3D environment? Mm-hmm. But um, that didn't happen. I still want it. Yeah, people still want it. Maybe it'll come around, but I'm not. I'm not holding my breath. Let's put it that way. Oh. Yeah. So uh, let's move on to uh, another event we had this week. Was Sony's State of Play. Um, usually these type of events would be really huge. Yeah, that that wasn't the case with this one. It was to get uh, Final Fantasy fans angry. Well, yeah, but but it doesn't take much to make them angry. So yeah, yeah. it made me apathetic. Yeah, I mean, it's a minute long trailer. Yeah, a minute long trailer with really not so great voice acting and uh, a couple of seconds of gameplay. Um, yeah, but confirm that it was still. Uh, happening. Yeah, it's really, it's still a thing. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah. Uh, and that they're going to be doing more, uh, putting out more during E3. Yeah. Uh, probably their own press conference. Probably not that. They have the Final Fantasy uh, symphonic thing, so they'll probably do it there like they did with the uh, Kingdom Hearts stuff last year. Yeah. Yeah, they'll probably yeah. have both. Yeah, well, they got to uh, do something for Square Enix's uh, you know, press conference because... Uh, when you help, when you hold it back like that from your mainline conference, it makes it look really thin. Uh, especially mm-hmm, yeah. when you know one of the games that was kind of featured uh, during that conference was The Quiet Man, and we remember what happened. There yeah, we saw what that. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the main the main thing there is that Square Enix is taking PlayStation's spot, so I'd imagine there'd be something big. Now, I understand what you're saying about you know FF7 maybe sh- showing a little bit too early. That game already had its moment like five years ago. Like we know it's yeah. there. At least, at least now we know it exists for sure. But you know, there's they have a whole lot more IP, and I'm really just expecting the Avengers at this point. I just want to see what Asano's working thing. on. Yeah, personally, uh, not sure if I can handle seeing Aerith die a second time. <laughs> Maybe that's a choice. Maybe that doesn't happen yeah. this time. <laughs> I mean, uh, Disney's given us that Lion King live action one. I'm pretty sure people don't want to see Mufasa die a second time, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Point yeah, taken. That, yeah, that was shown off. Uh, that was the, the teaser at the end. Yep. Also hinted at the beginning uh, with a little bit of a Final Fantasy chime in there. Hmm. Uh, uh, but yeah, the let's see. The main thing they kind of showed was Medieval, yeah. uh, which will be out October 25th. Yeah. Uh, that's something I actually. Yeah, I'm interested in. <laughs> yeah. It looked a little rough, but uh, I think pretty much they're probably done at this point. They're just fine-tuning everything, so hopefully the the frame rate kind of checks in yeah. at that point. But, yeah, it looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks about as good as the original did, where it was like, it was pretty good. Yeah, all right. Uh, yeah. The thing uh, I was surprised about was the fact that there wasn't – I mean, was, was there a single VR game in there? Uh, no. Yeah, I mean, last time the announcements and there was like six of them. Or we're in the middle of the releases for all that stuff is coming out over the next few weeks and months. Mm. Uh, Because they announced two uh, bundles uh, for Mm. PSVR that includes four of those games. Nice. Uh, 
which is uh, good, uh, especially if you uh, want to get your uh, Five Nights at Freddy's on. They put, they they've uh, bundled that with the the Justin Roiland game, <laughs> uh, Trover Saves the Universe. Yeah, uh, so which is we we already clash. know Brandon's thoughts about uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, so uh, I don't think he'll be getting this bundle. No. My fun, you know, five. Don't get me wrong. Five Nights and Freddy's, good stuff, good games. But uh, I'm not fucking touching them. Yeah. <laughs> that shit is. Uh, look, I could not go into the fucking concert room at Chuck E. Cheese's because of shit like this <laughs> when I yeah. was a kid. You know that that game absolutely takes a phobia that is very common and weaponizes it in such a way that. Um, I just can't play them. Yeah. Yeah. The... Right. How about this? On our, on our Twitch channel, we have a Friday Night Fright Night, and we have you play Friday Night Freddy's for the whole the whole stream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that won't work because I have my I have my uh, my webcam taped over. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll still be able to hear it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the other thing they shut off was kind of there. They teased a, a new game from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, which ended up being away the survival series, mm-hmm. where you're kind of in the uh, the final days of Earth, I guess, uh, where you're playing as at least it, during this trailer it showed uh, Sugar Glider. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of able to sort of fly around a little bit, uh, explore, watch out for bigger creatures, uh, fighting scorpions and spiders and shit. Is this the, this the uh, flying squirrel game? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's yeah. Sugar it's Glider. And yeah, it's like natural dis- uh, say here as natural disasters threaten the survival of every species on the planet, you must venture deep into the wilderness in, surf- in search of safe sanctuary. Uh, that looked pretty neat for kind of a new thing. I don't know, I forget who is making this, um, but yeah, it's it looks pretty neat. Uh, the other game that they show that they are also making uh, in partnership with Ilphonic, makers of Friday the Thirteenth, uh, is Predator Hunting Grounds. Just sort of uh, an asymmetrical multiplayer game where one player gets to play the Predator. Uh, the others get to play as the uh, the army guys. Yep. And uh, you try and uh, complete your goals without getting uh, slaughtered. Mm. Hunted by the, the Predator. Yeah, this sounds a little uh, like one of those uh, lazy types of ideas. Because <laughs> it's, like, it's basically just... Okay, uh, let's replace the uh, for the uh, Jason Voorhees uh, model, and we'll put in the Predator, and we'll give him some abilities, and there we go. Um, yeah, but I think that's what a lot of people really would like, I, I guess. compared to like what previous Predator games have been. Yeah, whether you're saddled with uh, the aliens or it's some really shitty shit. <laughs> mm. uh, this seems like it's. Because they can't really keep working on Friday the 13th because of the license license issues. Yeah, they're kind of stuck. That prevents them yeah. from really updating that game. Mm. So they kind of have to find something new to do, which this seems like it could be a pretty good fit for them. Yeah. Mm. Uh, as long as they don't get the t- license pulled out from under them again, they'll probably be fine. Mm. Yeah, they're at least partnered with Fox, mm. uh, which is now Disney, which has a good relationship with Sony. Yeah. Uh, Sony is, the money. Yeah, Sony is publishing this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's uh, one of the other ones. Let's see what else they showed off. Riverbond, a voxel shoot and slash game uh, with uh, a bunch of indie cross-ups in it. Uh, they have skins for, uh, let's see, Shovel Knight, uh, Raz from Psychonauts, uh, there's Bullet from Enter the Gungeon, uh, there's the girl from Knights and Bikes, uh, the kid from Bastion, 
uh, one of the guys from uh, Love in a Dangerous Space Time, and one from Guacamelee, and I don't know what this eighth one is. <laughs> I got seven out of eight, so that was pretty good. Um, but yeah, that's that game looked pretty cool. Yep. As far as this neat little like uh, co-op dungeon crawler kind of game. Yeah. Mm. I also uh, like that the the indie characters are getting some love. Uh, yeah. So turning. Yeah, into, that's you know, definitely uh, pretty cool. Yep. Uh, that'll be out this summer. And the last one was they showed off uh, first uh, details on Monster Hunter World Iceborne. Yeah. The new expansion that's coming out September sixth. And as you might expect, it's set in like a winter setting. Yep. Uh, lots of monsters that uh, are able to handle the cold, especially some that kind of swim through the ground to come fuck you up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you played a good deal of Monster Hunter World, Dan. Dan Is this something you're actually looking forward to? Yeah, to be honest. Um, I don't know why they spent five hours in the 10-minute presentation talking about Monster Hunter, um, but... Other than that, yeah, this looks this looks pretty awesome, especially with the fact that um, I don't remember there being a snow world in the original game. So it does give me an incentive to want to go back. Uh, when does this come out again? September sixth. Yeah, I think I'll definitely take a look at it. Yeah, and uh, that was pretty much the thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> I think they also announced that they're doing uh, Days of Play again. Yeah. Which is their like mm-hmm. little summer event. Uh, they're going to have a new PS4 uh, with uh, like the PlayStation symbols on it. It'll go on sale around then. Mm. Yeah, if you did get it the first time, you got another shot at it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so moving on, a uh, quick bit of news. Uh, if you've been waiting for EA Access to show up on the PS4, well, that's now going to happen. Apparently, EA and Sony uh, managed to come to an agreement. Uh, yep. That'll be happening in July. Yep. Uh, which I'm probably going to switch over. Yeah. Uh, and as you might you might think, like, oh, you subscribe to it on Xbox One, it means you can just jump in on PS4. Nope. nope. <laughs> it's a separate subscription, just like it is between Xbox One and PC, because mm. uh, they just have different offerings on each of the platforms. Yeah. Uh, I think the Origin Access has a lot of indie stuff on there uh, from third parties, so it's kind of more like the Game Pass for PC, mm. yeah. uh, but just presented by EA. Um, but yeah, this uh, it's going to be pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, I finally have this on PS4. Now you can uh, pay to play uh, the games a little bit early now. Yeah. Still yeah. no, still no access premiere like they have on PC. Yeah. On the consoles uh, yet. Yeah, that that premiere stuff is really interesting because you also get the DLC. Um, yeah. So yep. it's cool, I guess. Uh, yeah. It might bring in some new Anthem players. Who knows if they were put that on there? But yeah, <laughs> they. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's not gonna have the BC stuff that the Xbox uh, version of the service has, but otherwise, you should get like all the all the versions of FIFA and NBA Live and NHL, Madden, and all that. Yeah. As well as like a way out, The Sims, Fee, the Unravel games, Burnout Paradise, uh, all the Battlefields, uh, Mass Effect, Titanfall 2, like a lot of good stuff mm-hmm. on there. And the pricing is same thing as uh, the Xbox. One. Yeah. yeah, should be thirty bucks cool. for a year. Or five bucks a month, which thirty bucks for a year is a, a really good price. Idea. Yeah, so. yeah, essentially like half the price of buying any of those games brand new. Yeah, uh, when they launch, you get uh, the whole year. You just have to wait a little bit to play the new games. Yeah, just have to be patient. Yeah. Hmm. 
Okay, so we got some E3 news. Uh, Nintendo revealed their E3 plans for uh, for this year's show. Um, they're actually opening the show this year, which is unusual for them. Uh, yeah, don't they usually just do a Nintendo Direct or something like that around E3 time? They they do, and they're doing the same they'll thing here. That. But they're the ones uh, they're they're up first. Oh, so uh, yeah, usually. Well, this is going to be like the day. first big one they did since Reggie. Yeah. Yeah, uh, retired. So yeah, we've got Doug Bowser who's going to be uh, yeah. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see like what kind of camera presence he has, or and if they play up that whole Bowser thing, he, they they're, they'd better. I mean, that's it's just. It's you think they're going to open it up with uh, Bowser showing up? Like, wait, no, not you, Doug Bowser. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, yeah. That would be. The I mean, like, thing. it'll be annoying, but it's like they have to do it, right? Why, they why totally wouldn't they have to do it? <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I guess they revealed their lineup of games they're going to be showing uh, okay. at the show, not during the the direct. But hmm. Super Mario Maker Two, which is out in June, Fire yeah, Emblem, and that's going to make all the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's Astral Chain, which is that mm-hmm. Platinum Games uh, joint that's coming out. Looks really good. Uh, Our Ultimate Alliance Three, The Black Order, which is on the mm-hmm. Game Informer right now as their cover game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dragon Quest yeah. Eleven S, uh, Animal Crossing. Demon X Machina, uh, mm. Luigi's Mansion 3, Pokemon mm. Sword and Shield, mm. and The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Mm. So pretty solid lineup. Yeah. Yep. Um, that Link's Awakening in particular. Uh, that Link's Awakening, if you've seen the previews for it, uh, man, it looks good. Yeah. Um, and you I said really they had uh, Fire, Emblem, Fire Emblem Three Houses too, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I'm really interested in seeing how Nintendo uh, decorates their booth this year, especially seeing as how in previous years they've always focused on, like, one huge thing. You know, mm-hmm. it was Breath of the Wild yeah. a few years ago, Odyssey a year after that, and then Smash last year. And, like, this year, while they have a lot of stuff coming out, I really can't point anything here that's really marquee. Like, yeah, they have Pokemon yeah. and the other Animal Crossing, but I don't think either of these are big enough to really say, hey, come to our booth for these. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they do mention they're going to have the sort of... Uh, Warp Pipe Pass for getting in line to play, uh, play these games. Yeah, uh, It's free, but it requires a Nintendo account. Not the online account, but just a regular account, which is weird. <laughs> that sounds yeah. fair to me, because their booth is always the most insane yeah. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just the Nintendo on accounts, not the greatest no. <laughs> uh, thing. <laughs> At all. And it's like, what, we don't, I don't think we have like a Nintendo app as far as like an app you just log into your account and do stuff with. No. There's like the Switch online account app, but that doesn't have anything in it. Really. Yeah, and uh, PlayStation had like this uh, similar thing where you had to uh, book things online. But yeah. when I was there two years ago, the app broke. Because so. <laughs> everybody was booking yeah. online. <laughs> yeah. Blew up. And I guess they're also going to have some eSports stuff. They're going to have the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate World Championships. Yep. There's Splatoon World Championships, and I think that's it for the eSports stuff. Yeah. And they're also going to do their, their treehouse uh, streams afterwards. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then their treehouse streams also have um, things that they don't announce. So yeah. that's worth looking into. Yeah. Yeah, they'll tell you uh, the 800,000 things that are new in Pokemon Sword and Shield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's actually a good way to do it because uh, the people yeah. who are ten- tending to tune into those streams are tend to be the most rabid. Yeah. So. The big problem they had, what was it, last year where – they ended the stream with like 25 minutes of here's, you know, a hundred different differences between moves 
from the last game. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh my god, this is so boring because I don't care about this game. Yeah. Well, there was that one guy, this... though, who was like, yes! <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, just have a stream for him afterwards. Yeah. Just end this thing now oh, so I don't yeah. have to pay attention anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, yeah, it's, they're, they're doing pretty much the expected stuff. Uh, so we'll yeah. see if they have any surprises in store. Uh, obviously, they're not going to reveal their entire hand right off the bat. So, yeah, they might have something to, to show. Like, they still got Metroid that they can find, they can bring out. Uh, uh, I think that's going to be in hibernation for a little bit. Yeah, now they rebooted no development. Yeah. yeah. They don't that. need to, uh, you know... Poke at those scars so soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so, uh, okay, so finally we also have uh, news from Devolver Digital. Uh, they're going to do their press conference uh, June 9th at 7 Pacific, uh, 10 Eastern. So they're really late, which, uh, let, let me just put it this way do not miss the Devolver Digital press conference ever. No, ever. <laughs> they are usually completely batshit insane. Yes. Um, like about ten minutes of in, in, in insanity. It's yeah, just, yeah. It's, it's, People dying at his press conferences. They're insane. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, it's a uh, perfect fit if you've been up for like twenty hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like oh god, is this really happening, or should I just go to bed? <laughs> it's like, what uh, have I gone crazy? Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. If you watched last last year's press conference, you might have an int- you might have an idea of where this is going. Let's just say the Reginator has some. Uh, Competition. <laughs> but, he might even be there. He can. He could be. Yeah, he's retired now. So <laughs> but anyway. Uh, so yeah, uh, and the, okay. So let's move on to our next story, which is like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah. Uh, so John Wick is getting a game. It's a uh, strategy uh, game being done by Mike Bittle. Yep. I'm confused. And also, that, that yeah, went through a lot of places. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's actually a really cool idea. Mm. It's called John Wick Hex, which at first I thought was like, wait, they're doing a Jonah Hex game? The <laughs> fuck? Uh, which is a another comic property mm. that uh, was made a really shitty movie several mm. years ago. Um, but yeah, this uh, it very much takes like a lot of the the plotting uh, and strategy that John Wick probably goes through in his head, yeah, uh, but makes that the core part of this game. Mm. So you're sort of moving around the board, uh, setting up attacks, uh, counters, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and I hope at the end of each uh, level you kind of get that as a as like a whole sequence yeah. that plays out in real time. Yeah. It's going to be pretty cool. So yeah, it's going to be coming to PC and consoles uh, first up to Epic Game Store yeah. for a bit. Uh, yeah, it's being published by uh, a developer I haven't heard of before. Uh, I forget what it is, but yeah, uh, the trailer's out. Definitely check it out. It has a nice style to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, at first when I saw the news of this, I'm like, what? And then I looked at the trailer. I'm like, okay, I'm in. Uh, I don't really care for John Wick that much, but this looks very intriguing. Yeah. Hmm. And it's kind of crazy that a guy who uh, gained his fame by making you care about squares and tri- uh, rectangles hmm. uh, is making a John Wick game now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love John Wick. Um, I have no idea how uh, an indie studio, or much less like one guy in Mike Bithel, was able to get that that, I, that IP. But, um, I love Thomas was alone also, so I'm I'm interested to see what's what's going on here. Um, I'm trying to schedule something at at, at eight three with these dudes, so we'll see what's up. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty cool and pretty surprising thing, but yeah, it uh, seems like a really cool thing that's going to be one of those surprise hits, I think. Yeah, one of those yeah. random, delightful surprises that the game industry can pop out every now and again. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the kind of thing that makes me like remember why I like playing games to begin with. It's like, oh, cause mm-hmm. weird shit that like this can happen. So, yeah, lately we've had no shortage of uh, very weird and wonderful games coming out, and that's you know heartening for me because doesn't all have to be Battlefield and whatever the hell EA decides to uh, flog this week. Well, imagine how boring it would be if it was all that. Yeah, you know. Okay. Yeah, it seems like what some people want, but it's like I, I like having random well, those stuff people are off. idiots. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw uh, somebody talking about, like, oh, this generation's been uh, a disaster because of AAA games. Like, well, for me, indie games have made this generation the best one so far. Yeah. Well, it's been so much good stuff. Uh, I can't even keep up, but the stuff I've played has been you know some of the best I've ever seen. Hmm. And I talked about playing Rocket League. Okay. I've been playing that for four years. <laughs> uh, it's probably the best multiplayer game I've ever played. Yeah. It's like that's just by a fairly small team. Yeah, now owned by Epic. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, in in big studio news, uh, I'm not sure I can completely fault Bethesda for this one because one of their uh, one of their external teams put out a uh, a free pen and paper RPG based on the Elder Scrolls. Uh, and, and then it turned out it was pretty much lifted wholesale from a D. D adventure module. <laughs> yeah, uh, basically, it was. It was. It wasn't even. You know what? I, I even if, if Philip Mewson would look at this and go, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so uh, this, yeah. this was bad. <laughs> so, uh, needless to say, uh, the only thing. I love that we can still use him as a joke. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> he, he did it to he himself. It. You know. Yeah. You wanna if you wanna torpedo your career, that is how you do it. Um, so uh, Bethesda pulled the module, and they're looking at uh, the this little uh, studio that did this, and I use the word studio in air quotes, because uh, apparently this is one, one person who just kind of looked at one thing and then changed a few things, and then, yeah. Uh, well, that should have set off warning lights just right in and of itself. Yeah, but I'd, I'd imagine that, you know, even that they probably didn't even notice uh, initially. It's like one of those. It's one of those things. Like, if unless you're familiar with it, there's no way you're going to be able to look at uh, every single module, RPG module that comes out, and know. Well, okay, this text is lifted exactly from this. Um, No, I was just thinking that they would look at it and say, "No, this is not one person worth of work." (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. I I do am. I am kind of enjoying this after the the shit they put. Uh, indie developers through over mm-hmm. uh, benign names of yeah. games. Yeah, yeah. Get a little like, bit of comeuppance uh, goes a long way. I, yeah, I think. even like uh, somebody had a game called like Prey to the Gods. Yeah, they weren't mm-hmm. allowed to call it that because of Prey. Yeah, you know there are mm-hmm. two different uses of Prey. Yeah, yeah fuck now they have yeah. to spell it P R A E Y. Yeah, which is uh, not how you spell that word. But anyway. no, it's not good yeah. SEO either. So yeah. They've, had to like uh, kill their own SEO just for fucking Bethesda's yeah. feelings, legal feelings. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Bethesda's lawyers are um, a little bit irritating. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, they're about they're some of the most litigious out there. Yeah, they're, they're fuck sticks. Let's just say it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and yet uh, of the AAA publishers, they're like one of the least egregious, at least so far. Uh, Fallout seventy six, not withstanding, that was a clusterfuck. Um, yeah, but hopefully. Uh, so uh, remember last week we talked about uh, the uh, arbitration clause that was going going to be taking effect over at Riot Games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, employees not too happy about that in the stage of the walkout. Yep, as you do. Yep, that is an appropriate reaction. Yep. yep. Yeah, I think uh, about 150 of them walked out. Hmm. Yep. I had signs, you know, uh, being against this, and also just the shitty behavior of the company over the last year or so. Yeah. That they haven't really made much in the way of changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, and uh, yeah, definitely am in support of that because yeah, the way the like this arbitration stuff has been a thing that's been happening over the last few years in any company in this country, uh, where you know employers try to limit the the liability they take by being mm-hmm. shitty companies to their own employees. Yeah. yeah, it's true, and yeah, it's finally getting into the gaming industry and people are taking a stand for themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you're, you're going to start seeing a lot more of this, and uh, uh, whether they unionize or not is uh, still up in the air, but it's looking like the wind is blowing in that direction. Yeah, all, all of the signs are there. Yeah. Yeah. This has to come to a head, and that's the only way it can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. yeah so, I'm sure you guys have seen the thing with uh, Neveron where they weren't, they really didn't care about the. The employees not liking how they were being treated until the news came out. Yeah, and now they're like, "Hey, what can we do to make this better?" <laughs> it's like, "Oh, this—you could have avoided all this if you did this, you know, months or yeah. years ago." Yeah. Instead of yeah. waiting until everybody else knew about it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a bit of it's irritating. Yeah, I think yeah. they got a weekend off finally mm-hmm. after weekend. that news hit. Yeah, after the game has already launched, it's like, yeah, yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, mark my words, this is the kind of thing that's uh, going to end up happening, and the long-term result of it is uh, games are going to get more expensive. Let's let's be honest, that's going to happen. Because uh, if you're starting to pay your employees fair wage, uh, that means your costs uh, go up because you can no longer afford to do those weird accounting shenanigans. Uh, And so you're going to pass the costs on to the consumer. Or... You know, their CEOs could take a cut in pay, but let's yeah, face but it, that ain't never going to happen. Or, here, I think uh, they would, what they should do is, uh, let's say, not spend as much money and time on the games. Yeah. Like, you don't have to fucking put an infinite amount of towers into Mortal Kombat 11. <laughs> no. You can maybe have a few more than the last one, but it doesn't have to be infinite. <laughs> yeah. It requires yeah. constant time and attention and design and hmm. uh, testing and all this, and it's like, no, you could you know spend you know a good bit less money yeah. on that game, uh, and still come out ahead because it's going to sell what it's going to sell. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's uh, I mean I went back and looked at uh, games like uh, MK Deception and Deadly Alliance uh, the other day, and it's like it, the the initial uh, seeds for what we're seeing now in MK11 were there already. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, I shouldn't be too too surprised at this point, but. Can't blame Midway for that one. Nope. Nope. Yeah. So uh, finally, we'll wrap up with our last story of the day, and that is uh, U.S. Uh, Senator Josh Holler, uh, out Republican, of, Republican, might I add, might I add out of Missouri, uh, is uh, proposing legislation for uh, games that contain loot boxes. 
We warned you. Yep. Uh, we told you this was going to happen. I'm okay with this. Yeah, I, I. You know, he's specifically targeting games that are aimed at children, mm-hmm. but you know, exploit that particular, you know, that exploit that sort of gambling mechanic. Yeah. So it can get kids to spend as much of their parents' money as they can. Yeah, I don't know how you necessarily police that. That's sort of the thing where, like, are you just trying to keep uh, those games out of kids' hands completely? Or are you trying to keep them from you know, having to have parental controls on, which I think all the consoles and uh, phones and all that have that stuff? Yeah. I mean, as, as, someone, that, as, as someone that works in mobile games, like, I would say this. Um, yeah, it, 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 it does, like, you know, um, make up, like, the, the bulk of the, the money I get. But the main thing here is uh, companies like Apple and Google need to put forth a separate password for microtransactions. Like, yeah. You know, um, a- any parent will give their kid the phone. Um, it- it's up to the parent to go ahead and turn on those settings or at the very least, you know, uh, not be able to make a purchase with a- with your credit card and already have it in, in the game. It's mm-hmm. that's a- Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, Jim Starling had been harping on this for months now, but... Basically, because the industry would not regulate itself, even though everybody was telling them, "Look, man, you need to deal with this, or somebody else is." Yeah. And oh, well, here it is. Also, yeah. I just want to say, uh, screw the ESA for being such total dipshits about this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I think they copied and pasted their original response to this one because, um, uh, yeah, it, it sounded very similar to what I've heard from them before. Um, Honestly, at this point, what is the ESA for? Um, it's a lobbying organization. That's what it is. Yeah, it's uh, the, yeah. the people that Activision, EA, and well, the big publishers go to to you know, smooth things over in Washington. Well, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, they're doing a great job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, God yeah, damn. to be honest, I don't think this legislation has a snowball's chance in hell of passing. Oh, me neither. <laughs> uh, but the fact but that it's now it should proposed, send a signal to the big companies. Yeah, it's like, hey, uh, it's at least you know if you're going to put microtransactions and stuff like that in your games, like, tone it down a little bit. You know, you, yeah. do you really it's need a bellwether. One hundred dollar transactions. Uh, that that's that stretches the uh, the term micro a little bit to its breaking yeah. point. Settle down, yeah. Yeah. That's what happens when you're out hunting for whales instead of, you know, trying to provide reasonable things to purchase. Hmm. It's like, oh, you get a hundred thousand of this credit, which is more than you can ever spend. It's like, yeah. oh well, what's the point of this? Yeah. It's for you're just hoping there's rich people that like your game. Yeah. That just don't have a concept of fair value. Yeah. Restraint. As much as I uh, as much as I tend to shit on Fortnite, um, they actually do a pretty good job with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least the the stuff that they uh, do provide for pay is stuff that you actually might want. Uh, you know, it's not well, and it's defined stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's defined stuff. But you're not just yeah. rolling the dice. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, you know, it's, there are good there are good ways and bad ways to do it, and some companies are really go down the bad route. Uh, Activision yeah. is well, and I think. I yeah. think that's what, how you would get an enforceable law out of this. Mm-hmm. If it's defined as um, paying money for in-game randomized content, then they could be running afoul of the law. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would turn everything on its head. Yeah. 
and I think it's a very enforceable way to, um, if not restrain loot boxes, then get rid of them entirely. Yeah, they'll figure Just out. Tell which, them that, you know, which would be a big challenge for the mobile gaming industry, where they're kind of at that point where uh, they won't tolerate games that aren't free, really. Unless you're like Square Enix that can come in with, hey, well, you want Final Fantasy VII on your phone? Give us $21. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like a lot of weird shit like that where yeah I don't know if, how well those people would take to uh, non-exploitive uh, pricing yeah. and there's it's weird because like, I watch my mom play a lot of stuff on her phone uh, she'll down I, I'm actually pretty sure she's downloaded some glue mobile, mobile games as well so you, I'll have to check that once I get her tablet over here uh, either way uh, she doesn't spend any money uh, she will grind for hours to get stuff, uh, yeah, you know. So these develop these publishers and developers aren't making any money on on that kind of person. Uh, so yeah. I'd imagine that the turnover for uh, these microtransactions is relatively small, but that may vary with the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it'll it'll definitely require developers to think more about what they're doing. Yeah, uh, as far as like you know, trying to. Uh, exploit people in specific ways because I know there's some games that like find out oh here's this guy that's spent you know a couple hundred dollars we should find out more about him and make stuff for him mm. to keep yeah. him pumping that kind of money into it yeah uh, I do wonder if services like uh, the Apple uh, Apple Arcade that's going on I think Google is looking at doing something similar uh, I wonder if that changes the dynamic at all. Uh, because now you're doing a subscription, and you get a library. It's basically like a Game Pass for uh, for yeah. Well, at the very least, it gives you an alternative. Yeah, and I'm like, you're not putting all your eggs in that one basket, and that's going to make things healthier. Yeah, I, I'm wondering, like Dan Reb's perspective on that, uh, if if, mm-hmm. if that's something that's would be <laughs> you think would be viable. I mean, the arcade thing is something we actually feared for a bit, but it honestly looks like it's not going to make that much of an impact. Because uh, honestly, aside from microtransactions, the main thing uh, mobile games benefit from are our um, advertising. And as long as there's UA spend, uh, I don't really see that being an issue. Hmm. All right. Yeah, it it seems like those kind of services are good for kind of the the console style of games that we're familiar with, where you kind of spend the money up front and you kind of get the game you're getting. Yeah. yeah, you don't I have to necessarily expect yeah. endless updates and content to it. Mm-hmm. I think it'll benefit the games that are like two to five bucks rather than the uh, free to play ones. Yeah, yeah. Then there's like I'm just like Sonic uh, Racing is going to be in uh, among that uh, group of Apple Arcade games. So yeah. it's it's interesting. Yeah, but also be a good challenge for them to figure out will people pay for this stuff up front at all? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to launch later this year, so we'll we'll see uh, if the reception is good or not. But uh, I'm guessing we'll hear more about about it at uh, WWDC when Apple does their uh, developer conference. That's what around the same time as E3. Uh, yeah, yeah, ish. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, let me that. So, yeah, I don't think we'll have to uh, like cover both of them, but you no, know, I will check in on it every now and then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. June third. June. What was that? June third. June third. Okay, so it's a week uh, ahead of E three. So. Oh. All righty. Uh, so that's gonna be it for the week, I think. 
Yep. Uh, we ended with a, I guess, an I told you so um, kind of story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, yeah, let's just, be, let's just be honest. This legislation will not happen. Uh, but if the effect is that uh, big publishers like, uh, you know, EA, Activision, Ubisoft and, whatever, and the like, uh, at least stop and think a little bit, uh, we'll probably come out ahead in the end. Yeah, yeah. It's you know what? Be reasonable, uh, makers of your games. Yeah, you know, reasonable amount of money, time, uh, energy, all that. Yeah. And guess what? You can get good stuff that makes lots of money out of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I really do think the alternative is a bill successfully passing that just does away with randomized paid content. Yeah. yeah. If you um, if they set the rule to where. Uh, microtransactions must um, must yield a defined product. Um, I think that's the I think that's the logical conclusion to all this. Yeah, yeah. Though I end up kind of thinking about like the stuff we talked about on uh, Let's Weekend and be like, they got much more important fucking things than this shit to worry about. <laughs> yeah, but they're Congress. never going to deal with those important things. So we're yeah. talking about loot boxes. Yeah. So I was like. God damn! Why don't you guys actually pay attention to the important stuff that's going on hmm. directly in front of you instead of worrying about like this stuff? It's all for publicity's sake, for the most part. Yeah. It's like, hey, we care about your kids. No, like, you, no don't. you fucking don't. No. Mm-hmm. Now, how many of them are getting shot this week? Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, remember, if you haven't subscribed to the show, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast aggregator. Uh, you can also check us out at thenewsmashpad.com, which is continually evolving. Uh, because, yeah, but yeah. I'm still working on it. Uh, so far, really good, man. Good job. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So with uh, that, I'm Filippo Donolfo. And for Patrick Mifflin, Chris Logie, Brandon Perkins, and Daniel Victorio, we'll see you next week. <laughs>